Well, thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. You know, I'm so glad that we're on the winning team. Tonight, I'm going to minister a message to you entitled, Righteousness, Peace, and Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, Peace, and Joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, friends, I hope I can get to the joy part real quick or before the night is out, before our 40 minutes or 35, whatever it's going to be. Because I re- that's what I really, really have on my heart. So you, you believe God with me. But there, there's no question when, when joy is present. When somebody wins the World Series, you don't have to, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who lost. <laughs> and who won. Right? Right? You could see it. You could see the joy. I, there used to be a, 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 it probably still is on ABC, the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. So, you know, you see these people doing these daring stunts down the, down the snow, you know, and uh, fairways and what have you. And I don't know if that's what it's called, but you see people take a real bad spill. Ew, ew. But then you see other people go for the gold. and it's So, friends, I'm here to tell you that God wants you joyful. And I hope I can get to that, but if, if you've read your Bible at all or been around this or other churches at all, you know that when I say righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that's a trio that describes something. The Apostle Paul used that trio to describe something. What was that class? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay, I'll just go ahead and give it to you. He said, uh, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, let me just be clear on something. If that, if these are tributes of the, or attributes rather, of the kingdom of God, that means when someone is outside of the kingdom of God, they don't have those attributes. Because those attributes are found only in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense to you? So, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, let's turn to our text. We'll be referring to this. Uh, I so appreciate this. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. And uh, in this particular passage of Scripture, uh, the Apostle Paul was actually addressing people that were judging each other and some were feeling better or worse and judging each other about what they ate. But we're not going to talk about food tonight, somebody said, amen. <laughs> don't, don't mess with my hamburger, my cheeseburger, my tacos, my deep fried whatever. Don't mess with my churros. But on the other hand, but we want to settle on the second part of that Scripture, which is, in my opinion, really exciting. He said, it's the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness and peace and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, let's do a little bit of background so that you see that uh, it's good to sometimes look at more than one scripture when you realize when you're trying to make a point, you know, you don't want to build a doctrine on something that you only see once in the Bible, you know, and, and Judas hanged himself, go and do thou likewise, somebody combine those two and like, dude, that's not a good scripture. You follow what I'm saying? Anyway, let's talk about the kingdom of God. If you 
are looking for it. As you read particularly the New Testament, as you read through the New Testament or various scriptures through the New Testament, you will see a theme of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which will, for tonight's purposes we'll use interchangeably. You will see that these terms come up often, only if we're not looking for it, we, it's easy to overlook it. But let's look at a few things. Let's look at what Jesus said in Mark 1. Uh, verse 14 and 15, and I am in the King James Version for the time being. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel, but what? The gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is where? Is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Here's interesting. Let's go to Luke 17, 20 and 21. He says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God, this is Jesus speaking, the kingdom of God is within you. So he's talking about the kingdom. It's very interesting. Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God everywhere he went. He was really talking kingdom talk. Amen, somebody. Uh, let's look at Luke 17, verse 20 and 21 in the Amplified Classic. He asked, the, asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. He replied to them saying, The kingdom of God does not come with signs to be observed or visible display. They were looking for a military takeover. <laughs> They didn't know what kind of kingdom Jesus was talking about. The kingdom of heaven is, right now, it's an invisible kingdom. Now that should be kind of exciting for all our sci-fi friends. How many like sci-fi out there? You like science fiction? I love science fiction. It stretches the beyond where we are here. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to pull this out here. You know, it wasn't too many years ago where somebody would go like this. Yeah, Scotty. Uh, Scott, right? And now look what's going on. Every, teenagers have a little box that they go like this. And like, yeah, mom, I'll be home in two minutes. I mean, come on, people. Texting. We even, we even remember says computer. Computer, uh, uh, give, give me uh, the give me the statistics on the on the engine. This computer, computer now, and all of a sudden, well, now we have echo. Come on, people, is this, is this weird or what? So I like science fiction. I just I'm just saying I like it. I like it. Anyway, moving right along, that has absolutely nothing to do with the message whatsoever. But for your diversion, it doesn't cost you any <clears throat> anything extra. So here it says he's demanding of the Pharisees, you know. Uh, where's the kingdom going to come? And Jesus says, you know, it doesn't come with signs in the Amplified Version, verse 20 of Luke 17, to be observed or with visible display, uh, nor people say, look here and here it is, or, or see it is there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your where? Where is it? It's in your hearts and among you, surrounding you. This is very interesting. Oh, I'm, I f I'm feeling really sci-fi tonight. We are existing in, two in multiple dimensions tonight. We are in the natural dimension, but we are also, according to Jesus, in a spiritual dimension. And we are carrying the kingdom of God. You thought you were in Hayward. Well, you are in Hayward. But you, you're not just in Hayward. You're also in the kingdom of God. I find that exciting. Dual dimension. Wow. All right. I got you. So I'm glad some of you didn't stay home to watch Fringe or something. Look what, it's, look what Jesus said in John 3. 3. I'm having fun tonight. How many of you are having fun tonight? I mean, the kids are having fun. I told you I'm going to try to get some candy for you before the night's out. 
In John 3, 3, King James Version says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Now, King James Version is a little bit blind to us, but he's talking about that other dimension that we were talking about. Here's that dimension of being born again. But we're amazed. God is amazing. I think God is so exciting. The Bible and Christianity is tremendously exciting. And those of you that think like, Doctor Who is more exciting, you need to read your Bible a little more and use your imagination. Look what it says in, in, in the Amplified Version, Amplified Classic. And Jesus answered him, I assure you most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again anew from above, he cannot see or rather know, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. There are other versions uh, which say enter into the kingdom of of God enter into the kingdom of God. So we understand that whatever this other dimension is, you can't even get into that dimension unless you're born again. And if you don't know what in the world that means, or you thought it was some slick evangelist on TV with white patent leather shoes trying to get money from you, that is not what being born again is about. Being born again is to be born anew from above. You become, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Talk about morphing and going into another dimension. This is amazing. I mean, you could be another, a different person. Wow, that's amazing. Hallelujah. Well, let's leave the sci-fi out for a moment. I feel it's diverting. People are a little having too much fun. Please sit down. Sit down. Just stop. Get, get. Okay. All right. Calm down. Look at Max. But, but look at this. So he's talking about, you can't even see this kingdom or you can't experience it or you can't go into it unless you're born again. So listen, don't, don't be so hard on your friends that are not born again. They can't see it. I mean, did, did you see that? No, I can't see nothing. I, I, I don't see a thing. Like, dude, wow, the power of God. I don't see nothing. They, they, yeah, they can't see the kingdom of God unless they, you know, these things are spiritually discerned. Isn't this fun tonight? Uh, so let's look at this. Matthew 6, 33. Here, here, is, uh, here is a challenge to us as Christians to seek first that other dimension, the kingdom of heaven. Look at 633. Of course, this, was an, this came under the, uh, the narrative of people being worried about uh, what are we going to eat and what are we going to drink and what's going to happen our, to our life down here in the earthly dimension. And what Jesus is trying to say is like, hey, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. Seek that other dimension. Seek ye first the kingdom of God dimension. And, and, and follow after. And remember, we talked about what the kingdom of heaven is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You're going to see those tr- that trio you're going to see emphasized throughout the night. So look what it says in Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. There it is, righteousness. And all these things, in other words, the things down here in this dimension will be added unto you. All right, look, let's look at that in the Amplified Classic. It says, But seek, aim at, and strive after first of all His kingdom, that dimension, the kingdom of heaven, right? And His, and his righteousness. And, and look at how He d- defined His righteousness. His way of doing and being right. Like doing the right thing. 
you see. And then all these things taken together will be given to you. I enjoyed that so far. How many of you enjoying it so far? Let's look at what Paul said. We're going to skip to page 3 up there for my friends in high places. We're going to see what Paul talked about this dimension. Acts chapter 28 verse 30 and 31 says that Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came to him preaching. What did he preach? The kingdom of Okay, is everybody, everybody got that, right? Can I, can I kind of move on? You see, Jesus preached it, right? Is that right? Uh, and then, oh, come on, he preached it. And then Paul preached it, and look what he said in verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no man forbidding him. And then we go, we're going to go back to that opening scripture that we had. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. Where's the trio? Let's talk that trio now. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Very, very important to these three elements. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to step into the second phase that was introductory. Three elements that we're considering tonight. Is it possible... That all three elements are important. Okay. There is a reason why he mentioned righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a reason for that. Let me ask you another question. Is it possible that these three areas are synergistic? What in the world? What? What? What does synergistic mean, bro? Okay, 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 okay. Let me let me define what synergy. The interaction of two or more agents or forces so that their combined effect is greater than the sum of the individual parts. I know that's a little out there, but the idea that things work together and it's better when they're together, right? Righteousness and peace and joy. In other words, a Christian that they're operating just in what they're trying to be, righteousness, and they're, 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 they think they're operating in righteousness, but they have no joy. They're not cultivating their joy. Okay, you follow what I'm saying? Or, or how about this? Righteous, how about a, a Christian that's operating in righteousness? They're, they're, they're believing that they're forgiven. And Brother Moore did such a phenomenal job to, to lead us through that dissertation of our righteousness. We've been made the righteousness of God and into a position where we don't let the devil beat us up or we don't let our own conscience beat us up so that we say, I'm innocent. Remember that? I'm innocent. But look at this. How about that Christian that's operating in, in righteousness, okay? And, and they're, they're trying to stir up the joy of the Holy Ghost. They're really trying to stir up the joy of the Holy Ghost. But they're not really operating in peace. Do you think that that would affect that Christian adversely? Yes. You better know. I, I really believe so. Is it possible that one level of the trio might not be operating at optimum? Is it possible that many Christians need to work on one area a little bit more than others? Well, let me submit something to you. And this is, this is pure, uh, pure uh, holy conjecture. I believe that this, this is a lot like going to the gym. There are different kinds of exercise. How you like pastor series on being strong. Hallelujah. Okay, so there are different types of exercise. And 
Of course, we all understand it's not just what you watch on TV. Like, man, look at those people. Give me some more potato chips, Charles. Man, look at them people exercise. It isn't how, how many, tell the truth. How many of you are using your gym equipment in the garage to hang laundry on? Come on, come on, put those hands up. Yeah, I, I, put, I lift up both hands. Where it's just like in the way we're hanging laundry on it and stuff like this. Now, I know some of you are actually using that exercise equipment to actually do exercise. If, if you're that person, raise your hand. We might have you lay hands on us. Oh my goodness, look at those people that actually, we're going to have to, maybe there, I wish there was a pill or something. Unfortunately, there's no pill that I could take to make me as buff as that young man right there, that he actually works out. But let's, let's look at this. When you are doing exercise, you, let's say you go in and you're going to be coached by someone to do certain exercise. There are different muscle groups. Is that right? And so there's, there's circuit training that people do so that you can hit different areas of muscles. Now, I, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I'm no doctor, but I, I can go on Wikipedia. (laughs) And I, I learned that there are in somewhere in excess of 600 different muscles in the human uh, in the human body, uh, upwards of 600. And it's like, I, I say, you know, bicep, tricep, glutes, uh, uh, core, uh, uh, and then I start running out of names because I don't know all of them. You know, lateral and bilateral and, and uh, whatever they are. And somebody in this room I know knows about that. But see, someone that understands how to do that, how many of you have ever heard the word total body workout? You ever heard that? Total body workout. How many believe that maybe that is what God would like us to do when you're operating in all of the trio, you're working the total body workout. Okay? The total body workout. Now, here's another thing. There's different purposes for... It's getting real hot in here. Turn the AC. Uh, I'm going to turn this down. There's different purposes for exercise. There's anaerobic, right? Which is, which is burst of energy, like, like weight training and stuff like that. But then there's, there, there's aerobic training, which is more lighter duty. And it's like for distance, like, like there's different reasons, cardio or what have you. Look, it, I'm not here to get you all to sign up for that place next door that has a gym membership. But I, I'm, just trying to make, I'm just trying to make a point. Will you, will you let me make a point, please? <laughs> all right, here it is. There is a reason why you do certain exercises. You know, if all I did, I, I know of a family member. I have a family member that, that, was, that was very, very built. Like the muscles were bulging. I wish I got some of that. Obviously, I didn't. But anyway, the muscles were bulging. And boy, the guy was just like, oh, just like monstrous big and everything. But he didn't do any cardio. His heart was so weak, it wasn't strong enough to sustain this mass of muscle. What happened to that brother? He had a heart attack, yeah, unfortunately. But that's, that's what happens when you're out of balance, right? And we're talking about three, what are three things that we talk about in the kingdom? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So yeah, it's entirely, it's entirely truth, I believe, entirely plausible to say that there are some things that some of us need a little more help in. And that's like if you, if you went to the gym, you know, it, it might be that, that your trainer might say, now you brother need to stretch. Oh. Can't even touch my toes out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't hurt nothing. Here, you need to stretch. Stretching is an exercise. Somebody might do yoga. Somebody might do, you know, different types of exercise. But why do we have to do that? Because it isn't one size fits all. Everybody's journey is different. You follow me? So you got to follow your trainer, the Holy Ghost. 
right? And listen to them when the word is coming forth to see what is it that you need to exercise. All right. So we're going to talk about what you could do to exercise here, spiritually speaking, whether in righteousness, peace or Holy Ghost. So let's move here. The prescription. Here are some, for instance, some prescriptions for spiritual exertion or how you're supposed to like different workouts. For instance, here's a little example. James 1 verse 2 and 4, two, four says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Ooh, I don't like that exercise. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Let patience have its perfect work. Can I say workout? Its perfect workout that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The King James Version says, it worketh, worketh. That faith worketh patience. So that's really like you're going in the gym and pumping iron. You're working that muscle. Amen. You're, how many of you need know that we need to learn if you're going to be in the kingdom of heaven, part of the culture of the kingdom of heaven is a virtue that you've, we've got to have patience, right? You can't be impatient because some things take a while and you've got to be able to endure some things. The Bible says, learn to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I know you don't like to hear this tonight. Okay, we'll get to candy in a minute. So anyway, let's, let's just kind of uh, move on and talk about righteousness real quick. What do you say? So here we go. We're going to talk about righteousness for Romans 14, 17. After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes. This is our, our text, but in the Amplified Version. But instead, it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God and heart peace and the joy in the Holy Spirit. Now... I'm going to just say we cannot possibly do as fine a job as Brother Moore did teaching us about righteousness. So it's up on the website. You could watch it. You could listen to it. You could download it. You could get CDs. It's all free. So do yourself a favor. We all have got to get to the point where we're trusting God for making us okay with him that everything's okay you, we've got to we've got to cover base number one you've got to do that I mean our righteousness I'm going to go off, off notes a little bit because of time but our righteousness I, I, I like what, what one of these says in Romans chapter 10 pull that up there verse 2 through 4 if we're trying to come up with our own righteousness or try to make ourselves okay or do good things, it will never be enough. You can't, I can't, none of us can ever possibly qualify. We're totally and completely disqualified. And let me tell you something. You've got to come to the place where righteousness, you're being okay with God, we're okay, and that He's forgiven you, and that you're, I'm innocent. Remember that whole teaching? You've, we've got to get to the place where we receive that. And that's the starting place. You've got to stop trying to be good. Stop it. Stop trying to be acceptable. Just stop it. Because that position of being acceptable and being good or whatever you call it, it's a gift from God. It's a condition that He's bestowed as a gift. Look at this, what it says in Romans 10, 2-4. If you don't get this, you're never going to get the rest of the workout. You're going to spend your whole life, you're going to be, we're all going to be, you know, really, really, at the end of our life, disappointed because we're never good enough. It's never going to, we got to get off that treadmill 
Stop it. Stop trying to be so good, trying to work your way to being acceptable. Look what it says here. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive, say receive, that means it's a gift, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read to you, oh, I'm sorry, I read Romans 5, 17, but I want to get to Romans 10. Don't, put Romans 10 up there in, in, the, in the King James. Says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Listen to this in verse 3, very important, if you could put that up. It says, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about to establish their own. Listen, this is not a do-it-yourself. There's some things you could do it yourself. You know, look it up on YouTube and fix your own washing machine. Or look it up on YouTube and change the spark plugs on your car. Or look it up on YouTube and learn how to do a perfect plank. But this, you cannot look up on YouTube. You cannot do it yourself. Righteousness comes from one place and one place alone. And that is, Jesus was made sin for you. Let's get this straight once and for all. No matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what mistakes we have, are making, or will make in the future, our righteousness is Jesus who has made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. And I know righteousness sounds like a big word, but it just I'm just telling you so things are okay. How many of you ever got in a fight with somebody, somebody you love, somebody close to you, and you almost got to the point where your voice was raised. It's alright, you could raise your hand. We know we're human. You raise your voice to the point where like, oh, you were so mad you felt like slamming the door. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. And you didn't even want to talk the... <laughs> And if you went to sleep on that, your stomach's all... Is that right? And then you finally, you finally had to work it out to wait. Come on, husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about. And then you finally work it out like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. Say it, Charles, honey, I'm... I'm sorry. Dude, that, I, I could pay... Uh, I, oh, he had, he had a little addendum to say it. Forgive me. There you go. I was just going for the I'm sorry, but boy, he got that forgive me. You know what? It is amazing what those four little words, I'm sorry, forgive me. It's amazing what that does for you. But what happens? That clears the air right? And then forgiveness is given. Is that right? And when forgiveness is given, then, then you're okay. Then you look at each other and say, are we okay? Come on, boyfriends and girlfriends. You know what I'm talking about. No, you know, are we okay? Okay. And have you ever heard the term of kiss and make up? (laughs) All right, we're good now. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. We're good now. Right? We have no way to being good now with, with God. No way. Our righteousness is as... Even our, on our best day. I mean, think about this. I know you've had some bad days. Don't you tell them. Don't look at me like I'm the only one that had a bad day. I know you've had a bad day. But let's say your best day. On your best day where you said man I, I didn't get upset one time I didn't say one bad word I was kind to this lady the old, older lady I help people man you could feel like you're really Mr. Wonderful and then you feel like you're something on a stick on that best day 
you still filthy rags. All right, let's move right along because we need Jesus. I said we need Jesus. So quit trying to be something on a stick. Look, we're all here and we've received or we're receiving the righteousness as a gift. Amen. So, boy, there's other things. Uh, that, by the way, Isaiah 64, 6 is the one that says, But we are all as an unclean thing, all our righteousness is as filthy rags, and we will all fade as a leaf. Boy, that's bad news. But I, I'm persuaded of this bunch. We understand that. Can we just settle that point and move to the next one? So righteousness. Look what's really cool about righteousness. In righteousness, Isaiah 54 talks about in righteousness shall you be established. Now let's go into gardening just real quick. Have you have has anyone done any gardening? Like we just planted a lawn and the little seeds, I'm going out there looking for the seeds. Like we're on day three, like, ooh, you see that little leaf? Oh, I see something. Oh, no, that's a false lawn. No, right there, right there, right there, right there. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I see that one little blade coming up. Now we were looking, you know, looking real hard. But anyway, the thought is this is what, what is the point that we're making? <laughs> righteousness. He says in Isaiah 54, they're righteous. you shall be established in righteousness. And when you are established, that means that the roots have gone down. And then, then it could take a little abuse. You know, I, I, I found this great grass seed. Talk to me after service. I got this great grass seed. Don't have to water it. Don't have to cut it. After it's established, the roots go down 12 to 14 inches. Great stuff. Save on water. Save on mowing. It only grows to 8 inches and stays there. Whew, sounds like the will of God. PT will now be playing basketball instead of mowing the lawn. Okay, but what I'm saying is, once a little plant is established... It's not as easy to kill it, right? It's not as easy. It'll take a little bit of abuse. Is that right? So there's a lot in the Bible about being established. Like having your roots to go down, right? Being rooted and grounded in love. Does that make? Does that ring any bells for anybody? Come on, class. Arlene, is it, I, I saw you looking. Does that ring a bell? Established in righteousness. Absolutely. So we need to be established in righteousness. But honestly, we need to be established in all of these three the trio. So look what it says about righteousness. Let me calm down a little bit. I'm having so much fun up here. Charles, knock it off. Stop. Don't. Stop. Don't. Stop. Don't stop. I'm so glad God put us in right standing with Jesus. I mean, through Jesus, put us in right standing with himself and also made it possible for us to be in good standing with each other. Uh, Romans 10.10 said, For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is unto salvation. So I'm really, really glad that we are the righteousness of God. Listen to Keith Moore. Let's go to point two. Peace. Peace. There's two things I see about this. First of all, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Is that right? And Jesus said in John 14.27, we're on page 7 for the friends in high places, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world give, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I really like what it said in, in the New Living Translation. There it says, I am leaving you with a gift. Oh, really a gift? Just like righteousness was a gift. Don't tell me, oh, our family has always been real peaceful. And no, 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 no. And so the people with the Irish temper, they don't, they don't get this. No, what, what I'm telling you is this is a gift 
and it comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from the fact that you had a real calm grandmother. Come on, somebody, help me out. Although you may have had a calm grandmother, good for you. But look what it says here. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift. And look at this. The world cannot give it. I, I appreciate good counseling. But let me just encourage you. Our first and primary source for peace is Jesus Christ. He, that gift that he gave us, like all the counseling in the world, all the books in the world, all the friends that I could talk to on the phone, Ruben, guess what happened, dude? And he could, he could say, I feel you, man, I feel you. All the sympathy, all the empathy cannot replace, come on, the peace that he gives. So we're already at the place where we have to receive righteousness. Now we have to receive peace. This is not mind over matter. This is the gifts, some of the gifts, the endowments that he's given. Everybody with us so far? So look what it says uh, in in the same verse, but in Amplified Classic. I like this. Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives, gives out to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. I love when Pastor Mark preaches along this line. He's such, he is really trained. You know, he's like a black belt in this, if you will. He's so trained in not allowing his spirit to like, like when bad news comes, or something like this. He is so trained himself to stay cool and stay, allow the peace of God to keep him from being, I, I, I look up to him so much for that. And I, and I hope that we can be good examples to the people around us because we've worked out that muscle. When something hits the fan, we just stay calm. Hallelujah. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop. That means we could do this. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Have you ever felt like you're on edge? Like, come on, you know what I mean? Maybe you didn't get as much sleep or maybe too much coffee or something, you know? And then you just felt like, mm, uh, just, if something says one wrong thing, so uh, just, uh, what? <laughs> you know, that should not be... That should not be in the kingdom of God. <laughs> that shouldn't be in the kingdom of God. We should have worked out our muscles and done the workout. And let me show you the workout. Are you ready for the workout routine? Here's the workout routine for somebody that's, that's tempted to be agitated. Look what it says here. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything in the Amplified Bible. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, prayer, this is your exercise, prayer and petition. And I really like what the Amplified Bible says, definite requests with thanksgiving. If you're facing a flat tire today, then you, that's, instead of, instead of that, you say, Lord, I thank you for a new tire. Oh, that, I don't know how this is all going to work. I thank you that you're working this out. If you're working in real estate and somebody fouled up escrow and they're trying to take you for a ride, Lord, Lord, you judge between us. We thank you, Lord. The devil will not steal from me. If the thief be found out, he will have to pay sevenfold. I thank you that I'm blessed. You cannot curse whom God has cursed. Now that sounds like kingdom talk to me. 
How about you? We need to train ourselves. You don't, like pastors talk about the difference between training and trying. You don't try this. You train yourself to do this. What I perceive one day, uh, I guess there's a message in here somewhere, that we're going, a lot of us are dealing with a lot of things, but we're not, there's not very many petitions going up. I feel like God's looking, where are the petitions? Where, what? There were, Charles only gave me a half a petition. He's, he started with... I'm sorry, Charles. That's all right. I'll just come, come aside. What happened to PT? He started to give me a definite request, a petition, like ask me for something. But then he turned around and he started... Somebody came in a room and then he started complaining that he got a flat tire. And he started telling like, oh, how hard life is. Come on, people. We need to turn all of our concerns into prayer. A constant flow. The moment something happens, prayer. The moment something, petition. Hey, you know, something came up at work and, and, and the, 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 you, you need help with something. And right when you're about to go like this and get frustrated, oh, prayer and petition. Lord, thank you for, for, yes. for wisdom to solve this situation. Come on, everybody. I'm not the only person that has deadlines to meet. Come on. We got to pray. We got to stay at peace. I like this one, too. Look at, look at what it says in... <laughs> I like what it says in Colossians 3.15. But first, I'm going to do Isaiah 26. This is part of our exercise, part of our exercise routine. Isaiah 26.3 in the Amplified Bible. And you're, these are very familiar verses of Scripture. You will guard him and keep him in perfect peace and constant peace whose mind is both it's, both its inclination and its character. Right? Uh, where <laughs> I took my eye off the plate. Uh, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Let's settle something here about getting upset. I, I like a couple of sayings that help me out. I, maybe this will help you. I, I learn these because I'm, I'm pretty excitable. You know, I, in case you didn't notice. Something like, what, 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 what? You know, calm down. It's not the end of the world. It is what it is. Let's pray. <laughs> Jesus will take care of it. You know, how many, how many people can get worked up? You like things, everything to be just so and just so. And then surprise, like, oh, I hate surprises. Hate surprises. Well, instead of getting agitated, calm down. Pray. Keep your mind stayed on Him. Is that right? I will keep Him. And Can I just tell you something else? Did you know getting worked up like that, having that adrenaline rush, it's not good for your health. If you want to live long on the earth and have a happy life and you want to like like enjoy life, don't let things get to you. I I mean that doesn't sound very Christian like or very thus saith the Lord, but you don't let things get to you. Stop allowing yourself if you're that person and I'm one of them, so so I'm going to um you know uh edgy people anonymous. Okay. <laughs> Don't let things get to us. Amen? Amen. Work on that. The, oh, this is one of those. Like, first you're going to get like, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. Keep my mind on Jesus. Yeah. He will keep me at perfect peace. And notice this. I like Colossians 3.15. Let, this is Colossians 3.15. Let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule, Act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your minds. 
that in that peaceful state, that peaceful state, state, never make big business decisions or major decisions when you're agitated. Don't do it. I mean, okay, we have to, we're going to make this investment. It's what, $75,000 or something. And we have to do it by five o'clock today. We have to do it. We have to do it. Like, what's the rush? Like, if I don't have peace in my heart, I'm not going to do it. How many, how many of you have ever rushed into a decision and bought that car and it was the wrong car? Oh, Lord. It was the lemon of lemons. <laughs> come on, somebody. You know I'm not the only one. I'm talking. Did I come to the right place tonight? Don't let things pressure you. I mean, we were over there. That was a couple cars ago. We are up there looking for a car for my wife. We went. I'm not going to mention the dealership because that would be bad to put that out. But I went to a dealership and we were looking for a certain make and model. And, and you know what? The, I wasn't convinced with this car quite right. And so they, they always go to the back and get the other dude. Like, oh, And he started, he was so insulting. Oh, come on, make the little lady happen, happy, you know, like, like what? You're not a man or something? Come on, make the little... And I, okay, I'll buy it. You know, we're driving that car home and it says, something does not feel right. You know, when you're mad, you know it's bad when you're spending thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, right? And you don't feel quite right. Say that again, Charles. And you don't have peace. Well, we drove that Avalon for a good many years, but how many of you know, we knew like, that was not the one. (laughs) That was not the one. And we're so happy that that one's gone. (laughs) The Lord will help us. Amen. I said the Lord will help us, but there's another kind of peace that I want to point out, and that's relational peace. Psalm 34, 14. Every, what we were talking before was circumstantial peace, things about situations around us, you know. But look at this. In Psalms 34, 14, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace. It's not an option. It's part of the kingdom of God. Righteous, say, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We've got to do this. Look what it says in 1 Peter 3.10. I love this scripture, 1 Peter 3.10 in the Amplified Version. Look what it says. For let him who wants to enjoy life, I hope that's you, that's certainly me, and see good days, good weather or apparent or not, keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from guile, treachery and deceit. Now, let me, let me pause for a moment there. Whether apparent or not means that sometimes things are a process. And my, you might have a physical situation going on in your life, a relational situation in your life that's like people are not on speaking terms. You're, you're just believing God for that person's heart to get touched, right? And for things to turn around. And it may not happen in one day. But we have to continue... We don't, we don't pull up the seat of our prayer. We, we pray and we continue to speak. Don't, don't, we continue to speak the right things about it and praise the Lord and stay happy. Right? And let Him do it. I mean, after all, you can't do nothing. There's some people you're not going to argue. Talking won't help. Have you found there's some people that disagree with you to such a degree that talking will not help? It's absolutely the truth. Because there is such a thing as wicked and unreasonable spirits that get a hold of folk, you know, and you just can't talk, connect with them at all. And even if you're right and they know you're right, they'll just do something just to spite you, even if it hurts them. 
You know, it happens sometimes with teenagers. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that? Oh, Lord, it happens sometimes with husbands. What am I talking about, PT? Husband's like, I know where I'm going. I don't need no map. I know what I'm doing. And you end up way off course like, uh-huh. All right, big boy, we're lost. No, oh, we're not lost. Okay, we're lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> Charles, what's that phrase? I'm sorry. Forgive me. We're lost. You help, help us find our way. But anyway, about these relational things. It's some things are not going to get resolved in one day. Some things aren't going to be resolved in one week. And I, I hate to tell you this. Some things, some relational things don't get resolved for years. But we have to keep our heart right. You know the, the, the prodigal son thing? I'm sure the son was out for a long period of time, but the father kept his heart right. I'm sure that's the case with husbands and wives or, or, or friends. You know, you really, the very dear friend. How many, am I, is this hitting home with anybody? Don't change your prayer. Don't change your position. Keep that position of love. Keep that position of expectation. Keep that position of forgiveness. Right? You keep praying for them. You pray that their eyes be enlightened and that the love of God, and you bring, pray for people to come across their path that will help them to find their way. Amen? Amen. No room for bitterness. That's not part of the culture in the kingdom of God. Anyway, look what it says here. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do right. Now, we're talking about relational. Check this out. Let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts, and seek it eagerly. Don't merely desire peaceful relations with God. That's like saying when you're going to do exercise, don't just get the exercise equipment and watch the DVD one, Taibo. Oh, I got, that's time, that's time. I got the Taibo. I got the Taibo workout. Oh, that's real good. You watch it two or three times and then that's it. You know, don't just, just because you saw somebody do it on TV doesn't mean that you're doing it. We have to work it. Is that right? We have to do the workout. And so he says, don't merely desire. There are things that we need to pursue. You need to pursue it. That means you've got to find scriptures about your relationship. Speak those. Get deep. The deep things of God. Go into the spirit. Go into some deep prayer about family members and such. I think I'm connecting with some. Somebody's helping me back there. Amen. All right, hallelujah. I, I appreciate all the support. Thank you. I think. How, how many of you enjoy so far? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Two or three hands. Okay, great, great, great. Fuel for the tank. We're almost done. Uh, so anyway, um, so, so anyway, he says here, uh, where was I? Okay, don't merely desire the peaceful relations with your fellow men. Peaceful relations with God. I want you to notice this. With your fellow men and with yourself. I love that. You know why? Because there are multiple relationships that you are managing. Did you know you have a relationship with yourself? Sometimes we could disappoint ourselves. And we need to give ourselves a massive break. We need to let God touch our lives to where our conscience isn't condemning us. Right? Isn't that what Brother Moore was talking about? We need to trust the God in us. I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not trying to say I'm something on a stick. No, Jesus is working in us. And he's, both will, he's at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And all the glory goes to who? It all goes to Jesus. But see, with relationship with God, relationship with your fellow man, and with yourself, we need to clean all those relationships up. We need to keep clear, clear heart on all of those. Even if they hate... Pastor Tom, do I have to do that even if they hate my guts? Do, is it? Is somebody help me out? Do you have to have a right heart even if somebody hates your guts? 
Yes. If you have a family member or a coworker that hates your guts and they're spewing stuff about you, do we? Do I have? Can I get mad at them then? Can I really get? No, we don't. You stay in a spirit of love and you keep praying kindness on them. You keep loving them. You bring that person that cup of coffee. You bring them that donut. Whatever, whatever makes them happy. Keep keep staying sweet. Amen. Somebody, I want to get to another to another part, which is about the joy. I I, I might have to come back to this because this is a bigger one, but here it is. Uh, the the last component that we see in our trio was the joy of the Lord. How many give me five minutes? Five minutes. Five minutes. I might have to speak in Spanish. Isaiah fifty five twelve. Glory to Dios. Here we go. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. There's two of those components. Is that right? And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Look at Romans fifteen thirteen. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. There's those two, right? In believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I love that scripture. Isaiah 61, 10, 11. Let the word speak for itself. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall make it, shall be joyful in my God. Not in your circumstance. I had to learn how to rejoice in the Lord when I was nearly a million dollars in debt. That's right. And I had been funded for some property at an 87% debt-to-income ratio. Who does that? Crooked, fraudulent lenders do that. I mean, I, you, many of you know my testimony when I was doing my little business dealings. I thought, I was, oh man, I've really arrived. I got rental property. Like, dude, we really arrived. Yeah, I'll tell you we really arrived. When the fire hit and the, and the, the, uh, the market started to go down, you never saw somebody pray so hard in all your life. Every morning I'd get up, I'd light a little candle. Not because it's a little ritual, but it's just I didn't want to turn the light on too much. So I'd just keep the light kind of dull and I'd get on my face before God and seek the Lord. If you're in trouble, seek the Lord. Amen? And you know the Lord delivered us, of course. Y'all know that we're still here. I'm not, uh, <clears throat> not going to cry anymore. All that crying already happened. The Lord delivered us. But let's move, on to, let's move on to some other things. Let's see. In Psalms 5.11, Let all those that put their trust in thee do what? Rejoice. Joy is faith's expression. Let all those that put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. We're not asked to like, okay, jump how high, you know, just be happy, put on a happy face. No, I'm going to get to the scripture. With joy you shall draw from the wells of salvation. Okay, I really wanted to get to that scripture. Can I be honest about it? I, I want to just get to that one. I, I don't... Where is it? Dear Jesus. I think it was in Isaiah. No, I can't remember. What was that? Somebody, if you remember... Say again. It is Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12, verse 3. Check this out. I want to drive this point home before I let you go. Therefore, with joy shall you draw from the wells of salvation... There are various scriptures that maybe if I could revisit this another time, but I'm going to, I'm going to just clarify something to you. I just revitalized a well on my property. <laughs> and I realized how deep that well is. 
it's not worth much, it's not much of a well if it doesn't go deep. You feel me on that? What does that mean, PT? What you see up here is on the surface. But sometimes you have to go deep down into your spirit and find it because the joy is there. Just like the water is there all along. I've been living in that property for 18 years. And I had no idea. What's that hole over there with that little pad? Oh, there was a well there. It doesn't work, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we finally got it to work. And gallons and gallons and gallons of water come out of that to water our gardens now, right? And it's not running dry. I know, want you to notice the scripture says that with joy you shall draw from the wells, plural, the wells of salvation. Now, I'm just going to use my spiritual imagination here, and I realize that there's a point at which you, when you know you're going to get water, you get happy. If I'm handing, you know, let's, ha- let's say I'm handing Gene a, a, a ticket that says, okay, you get a free Mercedes Benz, just drive up to Mercedes Benz of that, it's yours, it's a $120,000 car, totally paid for. And In fact, here's the key. She's going to go with joy to go to the wells of Mercedes-Benz because she's got an expectation, you know, that something's going to... She's going to drive away with that steel blue silver Mercedes-Benz. Ooh, that CLK 230. Girl, mm, sell that other thing and take that thing and drive it around for Jesus. (laughs) That little I love Jesus bumper sticker. But what I'm telling you is, it seems to me... That the first step, look at, I'm a melancholic personality. I have sanguine and melancholic. I get it. But if you think that it's automatic for me to get all happy, woo, let's rejoice in the Lord, you're wrong. I found that the first, see if this works for you, the first step or the warm ups to getting into joy is thanksgiving. Amen. Just, just starting to be thankful. You know, like, okay, well, thank God for that Mercedes Benz. Thank God, or whatever it is that you're, whatever you, you know, you, you wake up in the morning, find something to be thankful about. Even, look, the bills I owe are up to here. Uh, this is wrong, that's wrong, this wrong, that wrong. Remember, regardless of present circumstances, we've got to find you something to be thankful about. Amen. Well, my right foot hurts. Does your left foot not hurt? No, my left foot's good. Okay, start thanking God for that. Thank God that your left foot... Well, my right eye is twitching. Is your left eye twitching? No. Well, thank God that your left eye is not twitching. Find... Look at Find a way to get into a spirit of thanksgiving. Find a way to do that. Because that is the bucket. It's kind of like you're letting it down. And, you, and then you start to get in a flow like you're sitting around with your spouse or your friend like, man, life's a bummer. Okay, we got to stop this. Stop this. Let's just... Okay, make yourself be thankful for something. Like... Okay, well, yeah, I thank God for this coat. Like, okay, well, thank God for the coat. Hallelujah. Then, then your turn. Now you have to do something. Then before you know it, first it starts out as something mechanical. It's like one, two, three, four, five. But eventually something takes hold because it's joy in the what? In the Holy Ghost. The moment you start exercising Thanksgiving like that, Something the Holy Ghost perks up. See, God does not perk up to murmuring and complaining. Can I just be honest about it? Do not raise your hand. If you have a propensity to just point out everything that's wrong, do not raise your hand. 
Work on that. This is your workout. This is it. Find something to be thankful about. Even if many circumstances are lousy or challenging, there's got to be something that you could thank God about. And once you do that, it's going to be like a flow will start happening. You'll, you'll begin to find another thing that you're thankful for. Then, my Lord, I, I guess, thank God, you know this. And you start realizing how many, I mean, one day when I pull up my car and the window didn't close, I'm like, no, you can't do that. I said, so I started, I, I, I got stuck because the window got stuck open. You cannot have that in the Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. Like, drive around and leave your window open. I said, that cannot happen. So, so I, I had to get in faith and joy like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, a big bill later to get it fixed. But they finally got it fixed before church so I could drive it to church, you know. And then um, then the battery died. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm not, I'm not asking for any money, please. But, but I have to find a way to be thankful. So you know what I'm doing every day? I'm like, Lord, thank you the car started. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you that the car started. Oh, oh Lord, the, the car drove down the street. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, the car down the street. See, before my confidence was in the Lexus, now, my confidence is in the Prince of Peace. Lord, I thank you will always get me to where I get where I need to go. Well, I don't care if you have a new car or an old car. It doesn't matter. I mean, you could have something go wrong, but how about your car not go wrong? How about you be thankful for what you have? Well, I only got a bicycle. Well, thank God for the bicycle. You know, like, well, I have an old pair of sneakers. Well, thank God you have sneakers. I said, thank God you got sneakers. Look, you get into this, therefore with joy... Listen, listen carefully, and I'm going to close after this. It's with joy that you are going to draw. Joy is what helps you to draw from the wells of salvation. And then you pull salvation up. What you need is down there, deep. Down in your heart. <laughs> and you've got to get into a spirit of thanksgiving to do that. I am so glad I was able to make this point. I didn't do the whole thing, but the idea is we're heading into thanksgiving. And many of you could think of things that are just flat. They're not right. They're still disappointing. You wish things were different. But that's not what it's about. We're going to let our buckets down. We're going to, we're going to draw with joy. Using joy now. We're going to draw from the wells of salvation. And there's a lot of salvation down there. There's a lot of salvation. Every circumstance, there's salvation for it. That's why I say, I thank God that He saved me. He's saving me. He's saving every, every... I make petition for my friends, my family, my church. Thank God that He's saving us, friends. Hallelujah! Was that okay tonight? i got to let you go. i gotta, I got to stop right there. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You that You're helping us to walk in the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, for those of us that have a, have a difficulty with righteousness, consciousness, I pray, Father, that you would help them to understand how much, how far a price you paid so that we don't have to try to perform for God, that we're accepted in the Beloved and we're okay with God. And from that position, we could pray boldly. We can walk with God. We could be confident in life because we got our Heavenly Father with us. And Lord, for those of us that are having a hard time controlling our mind, our mind, our mind is so full of tension and so full of anxiety, you're helping us to calm that down, take authority over fear, and to walk in the peace of God, to make petitions. And then, Father, for those of us that have challenged rejoicing in the Lord, 
I pray, Lord, you'd help us to enter into that place of thanksgiving and let the joy of the Holy Ghost be so operative in our life that we have kingdom life with all these three elements working in our lives so that we would be a blessing to the people around us and a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. amen.